Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And, Wes, the Packers are back from Cincinnati, and I don't think they're sad that they won't be going back again for another eight years the way the games in that stadium go. Are you kidding me? The Packers prevailed 25-22 to in overtime, improved to 4-1 and on the season, but... It took, if my math is correct, well, I'm not even going to try to do it all, somewhere around 200 yards worth of missed field goals um, in in the final two minutes of regulation and overtime before Mason Crosby puts one through and the, the Packers escape with one of the wildest, craziest, most bizarre... Packers games that I can recall in some time. Yeah, I was actually, after the game, I was walking. We obviously are here uh, with the COVID restrictions, yet we're covering the game from Lambeau. But I was walking down the hallway with my boss, uh, Duke Bobber, our manager of digital. And I said to him, I'm like, you know, I've been covering the team now. This is my 10th season on a full-time basis covering the team. I'm sure there's been a lot of these moments. Obviously, there was Detroit with the Hail Mary. You know, a lot of crazy things have happened over the last 10 years. I don't think there's anything quite like this. Uh, when you no. break it down where you know, there's five you know, potential game-altering type field goals missed, uh, I think Elias had that stat that that's a record of some kind since the merger. There's never been a, anything like that in the fourth, the fourth quarter in overtime. Yeah. But you know, three hours and 22 minutes of just excruciating football uh, in a lot of regards for both teams. And to be able to find a way, there there was a guy that said in Insider Inbox, and no disrespect to him, but one of the the things he said is like, well, that would have been a game that if it would end up tied, I would have said that's fair. And my retort to that was the fact that it wasn't, that's football. Uh, There's going to be imperfections. You can only play what's in front of you, as what Matt LaFleur said afterwards. There are no beauty points for any of this. You just go to win the football game. And the fact of the matter is, despite you know the, the issues there with the red zone defense, despite the fact Mason missed some kicks, at the end of the day, the Packers found a way to win that game, and the good teams do, Mike. And the fact of the matter is, the Green Bay Packers are 4-1, and one, and they were able to avoid uh, you know two real game teams in the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals, uncommon opponents to be able to get there. Yeah, well, and the bottom line for Mason Crosby is he was able to he was able to earn that shot at redemption, if earn is the right word, by uh, his countenance, essentially his face, because Matt LaFleur went over to him after the three misses and the Packers are in position for a 49-yarder there with two minutes left in overtime, went over to him and said, hey, what do you think? And Crosby's response was, I got this. Yeah. And LaFleur said, I didn't see any I didn't see any flinch in him. I didn't see any um, you know, hesitation, any doubt whatsoever in his uh in his demeanor, in his countenance. And so he went with his veteran kicker there when, you know, fourth and inches it would have been an easy call in a lot of respects to just say, Hey, okay, our kickers missed three field goals, we're gonna go for the first down, try to get closer, maybe get a touchdown, whatever the case might be, because certainly 49 yards, even if Mason Crosby's made 25 field goals in a row or 27 was his streak before yep. it ended, 49 yards is, is, is no gimme for anybody in right. this league. But they, uh, LaFleur decided to go with, uh, to go with Crosby, and, uh, and he comes through for this team. And, uh, and a, big, a big win, because the, with the win, the Packers stay 
in sole possession of first place in the NFC North at four and one. The Chicago Bears, this week's opponent, right on their heels at three and two. And um, but yeah, getting back to what you said earlier, I I can't remember. There are, there are always games where a game-winning opportunity might be missed here or there, even right. back and forth once each way to a certain extent. But for it to go back and forth that many times with, uh, with essentially the game on the line, um, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that. No, and, and just to make one quick point about Mason Crosby, because it was a frustrating game. I know Mason will be the first one to tell you that's not one he's going to be putting in the, the, you know, the archives there to remember and you know, show all the kids. But there is a lesson to be learned with that. And one thing I liked, you know, I give a lot of credit to Mike McCarthy. In 2018, things were not going well in Detroit. But he made sure to give Mason that last field goal. I think it was a 41-yarder against the Lions after he missed, what, four field goals, four or five? I think it was four point. field goals and an extra point that day. This, this particular day in Cincinnati it was three field goals and an extra yeah. point. Yeah, and I remember you know, Mike wanting to give him that opportunity, even though that one wasn't – the game was sort of out of hand at that point. Right, right. But, but wanted to give him that one last opportunity. I remember Aaron Rodgers patting him on the back. And the fact that he went on this remarkable run ever since then, you know, goes the entire 2020 yeah. season, resets the franchise record at 100% on extra point attempts. This game in so many ways reminded me of that because now the, the outcome was, you know, up in the balance there trying to figure out, you know, who was going to win this game. But, you know, Matt LaFleur having confidence in his kicker, the kicker that for the most part has made 95 98% of his field goals during LaFleur's time in Green Bay. You know, Aaron Jones going up to him and telling him that he loves him before that kick. I mean, the guys, this is a guy that's been an eight-time team captain. That locker room understands what he provides to this team and the way in which he provides it. There are a lot of fan bases, Mike, and we saw it in a lot of different NFL cities this weekend that every time their kicker goes on the field, you don't know what's going to happen. Mason Crosby, for the most part, with the exception of one game every two or three years, is automatic in a lot of cases. Yeah. That is what stood out to me the most and how that team rallied around him and the fact that they were able to get that team victory. We weren't there in Cincy to hear it, but you know, all the reporters talking about the loud ruckus in the <laughs> Packers locker room that was adjacent yeah. to the media auditorium, the, the visiting meeting, media room, that tells you everything you need to know. And the fact is they have an opportunity now to kind of continue this four-game winning streak and really find that cohesive unit that, that ultimately, you know, makes you a winning type championship club. Yeah, I think a lot of Packers fans, after a game like that, all the emotions and back and forth and, and the roller coaster of it all, if Packers fans are sitting back trying to, like, how am I supposed to feel about my team, right? Like, like how, how do you come out of a win like that feeling good about your team? Well, for me, in looking at this game and and how it unfolded, if you want to feel good about where this Packers team is, Take a look at all of the big-time plays, aside from the missed kicks, obviously, that were made in crunch time to give the Packers all these opportunities to win, whether you're talking about Aaron Jones ripping off a 57-yard run with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, another Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams in the final half minute of regulation, a carbon copy of what happened in San Francisco to put the ball in position uh, for a game-winning kick. Devondre Campbell getting an interception on the first play of overtime, setting up for you know another possible win. Huge play by Campbell, who's, who's had such a big impact on this defense. And then on the final drive where that did turn out to be the game winner, the screen pass to Mercedes Lewis that goes for 20 yards. And then after a sack on third and 16, 
the uh, the 15 yard pass to Randall. I mean, the number the number of clutch plays on both sides of the ball in a lot of respects that that the Packers made in this game. That's what you hang your hat on coming yeah. out of here, uh, and, and and you just Mason Crosby's going to deal with what yep. he has to deal with, and and the whole field goal operation because Matt Lafleur did talk about that as well. That there, there are issues with the operation that need to be cleaned up to make things easier on everybody. But if you take that part out of it and you look at you look at what this team did in crunch time with the game on the line, I, there, there's a lot to like there. I want to start with the offense because there's a lot I want to talk about with the defense. But first and foremost, Mike, it hit me in the middle of that second quarter when Devontae Adams has 100 yards receiving alone in that 15-minute yeah. block. Yeah. 117 yards in the first half on six catches with the touchdown off a fade that appeared to be a check that, I mean, just – that's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams operating on a different level. Yeah, one-on-one on, one on the boundary. But the thing that stands out to me the most right now is Devontae Adams has been on the come-up for a number of years, and he's been doing this since 2016. For five years, really, this this prime has been. Oh, yeah. But right now, in my for my money, this is the best receiver in football because this was the first game, to my eye, where it did not matter what the Cincinnati Bengals did. You know, Chidobi Awuzie is a fantastic cornerback, has been successful for a number of years. There's a reason why Cincinnati brought him in. They made that adjustment early on. I thought they did a really good job against him in the first quarter, but that second quarter proved that when you are smart with how you utilize him and moving Devontae around, he's so hard to cover. And if anybody asks me, Wes Hodkowitz, can you give me a play that sums up Devontae Adams? You can talk about the late hands in, in Philadelphia. You can talk about some of the boundary passes. But watching him beat the entire secondary over the top down the middle of the field for a 59-yard ball, which Aaron Rodgers just places perfectly. I mean, you can't say enough about where that ball was thrown into. That's Devontae Adams, age 28, four-time Pro Bowler, all-pro receiver, nearly unanimous a year ago. This guy has almost 600 receiving yards in five games, Mike. Yeah. We don't even need to talk about the 17 games right now. In a 16-game season, he's having a historic-type season. Yeah, absolutely. It's remarkable. I mean, that you, you mentioned the deep ball. I mean, he, as, as that ball is coming down to rest in his arms, he's got three Cincinnati Bengals chasing him. On he's, his he's tail. Behind, he's behind everybody. And this is after he's already, at that point, got 120, yep. roughly 125 yards receiving in the game. Already there, a, a monster game by Devontae Adams. 11 catches, 206 yards. First 200-yard receiving game of his career. First 200-yard receiving game by a Packers receiver since Jordy Nelson in 2014. It had been seven years. Um, yeah, a, a, an absolutely monster game. And the other part with this offense, too, for the second game in a row, in all the ways that the Packers are utilizing these guys, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, the one-two punch, in the backfield, combining for almost 200 yards yeah. from scrimmage. Two weeks in a row now, they've been at that 180, 190-plus when you combine all their rushing and receiving yards. This offense, with that big three, Jones, Dillon, and Adams, they're, they're accounting for a heck of a lot of production, and uh, team, defenses are having a hard time stopping it. Yeah, and A.J. Dillon, watching how far he's come, um, is, is – you know, Matt, Matt LaFleur was talking about it. He came in last year. He didn't catch the ball a lot at BC, but they felt like he was a pretty good pass catcher. 
I still think he's taken it to a different level this year. And you and I were discussing some of those plays that he made yeah. against the Bengals. Those weren't just sitting down, waiting for the check down throw. They were him running routes. They were catching balls in stride, no wasted motion. For him to have 49 yards, which was a new career high for him in the NFL on, on receiving yards, being able to pound the ball north and south the way he does. And more than anything else, the more I watch him now, when you understand the, the outside zone the Packers want to run, you start to see why Brian Gutekunst and his scouting department thought that this guy's a really good fit for it. The way he hits his cutbacks, are, is, it's in stride, it's fluid. He's not just a bruising type running back. Right. There's a lot yeah. of finesse there, too. I, I agree with you. When, when you. when you see him run to the, go to the outside on that outside zone and then make the cut, there's a combination of patience with explosiveness. Yes. That you and that that's the smoothness that you talk yeah. about, where it looks it looks effortless, but but there's there's a patience to it with the timing, and then the burst is there when, as they say, you stick your foot in the ground and go. And where where this offense can go with uh, with those three, with Dylan Jones. I mean, when Matt Lafleur after the game, a game that the offense puts up 466 yeah. yards. Now, yes, they left a lot of points out yeah. there. The, the the Packers, they know they should have scored more points. Cincinnati's defense in the red zone gave them all kinds of trouble. So you credit the Bengals for that, but the Packers, they're, they're gonna, they need to get their, their red zone offense figured out um, because it was so good last year, so you know the capability is there. But after an offensive game like that with all the production and when Matt LaFleur is saying, boy, I wish I could have gotten the ball to A.J. Dillon more, yeah. that, 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 that tells you something about, uh, um, about what the Packers have at their disposal. And, and for Aaron Jones to run the way he did in this game too, Mike, how long have I been talking about this? He's gaining every yard that's available. He's finding ways to extend plays, but he just didn't have that big home run. Well, here's an opportunity where you have Vaughn Bell collapsing there's a gap there, but Bell's occupying it with the kind of blitz almost it looks like that he's doing from the far safety Yeah, position. it's like a run blitz. But he's able to make him miss, and as Aaron Jones said, you know, with, with his footwork, his timing, he felt confident he'd be able to get that step with the room he has to operate to be able to get upfield. You saw him lay a heck of a stiff arm at the end <laughs> of that play, too. They're going to be a really good one, too. And I give Jamal Williams a fantastic back. He's having a good season right now with, with the Detroit Lions, but it wasn't a slight on Jamal Williams that they moved on from him. It was more about, okay, this is a guy we drafted a year ago with two guys both coming up on the final year of their contracts right. and A.J. Dillon. We feel like he's a good fit, and right now Dillon is proving the Packers right. Yeah, well, I, want, I do want to shift gears to the defense, but uh, a shout-out to our sponsors here first, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. On the defensive side, Wes, we had talked last week about the Packers having to adjust to their new reality. They'd been dealing for multiple weeks without Zadarius Smith. Now this was the first game without Jair Alexander, both of those second-team All-Pro defenders out indefinitely at this point. The Packers don't know if or when either uh, will be back in 2021. And I thought in the first half of this game, I thought the Green Bay Packers defense really came to play. And unfortunately, um, a really, really good half of defensive football against a young, up-and-coming franchise quarterback was uh, was kind of undone by by just the big breakdown at the end there in the, in the final minute of the first half and the 70-yard 
touchdown pass. But uh, um, Matt LaFleur even said on Monday he thought this was the Packers' best defensive performance of the season. Yes, there is still plenty to work on. But we're continuing to see this defense make strides. There, there, there are things to shore up. There are things yeah. they've got to, you know, the red zone, and we'll talk about that too. But this defense, this defense is making progress every week. You're seeing it, and they're doing it now as they're adjusting without some of their best players. Yeah, and first thing first, before we talk about some of those breakdowns, the reason why the Green Bay Packers were able to ultimately have that big second quarter that they did was because of how the defense played in the first quarter. Yep. Offense did not get off to a fast start. It was kind of a grind there until they started to kind of find their rhythm a little bit. Right. It was the defense forcing Cincinnati into multiple three and outs. Even the scoring drive that they had, they went three and out or three and fourth and whatever. Right. And then they converted the fourth down to right. ultimately end up getting down the field. But they originally went three plays and fourth down. That right there, I think, is huge in the long run, in the big picture. Because if you give Aaron Rodgers a clean slate in a first quarter, he's either A, going to be able to do a lot of damage to the opposing defense, or B, it's going to allow the offense time to get in sync. That's what the defense provided in this matchup. They're also doing less or they're doing more with less, excuse me, they're doing less with more. They're doing more with less. Yeah. When you don't have Zadarius Smith, it's on the whole group to be able to pick up that weight. You see Rashawn Gary now playing that rover position, Mike. One of the stops they had was Gary collapsing on the center, being able to get the stop, I believe, on third down, or at least to set up that situation. You're seeing guys like Dean Lowry making contributions. Kenny Clark has been an absolute game wrecker. He's a guy that if you look at a stat sheet, you're not going to see that he's playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he absolutely is. Yeah. And unfortunately for Kenny, he is such a darn good run stopper that, yeah, it, it makes it difficult at times to be able to keep him in the pass flow because you need to have what he's providing up front. The Packers' strong start against the run so far, a lot of that has been a contribution of Kenny Clark. But Mike... Devondre Campbell coming into this defense on June 6th. I believe it was June 6th. June 9th. Gosh, I was so confident, too. <laughs> well, on the back, transaction wire, June 9th is, is the I, date. It was probably June 9th. Darn it. <laughs> no, but <laughs> him okay. coming into this defense on June 9th. Yeah. This is a guy, Mike, that went for the better part of three months without a job. This is not a guy that's been injured. This is not a guy that wasn't a starter. Devondre Campbell was right there for the National Football League. And when the Arizona Cardinals, who might be as deep at the linebacker position as any in the National Football League right now, decided to move on from Campbell, I cannot believe there wasn't a long line of teams wanting to pick this guy up. Six foot three, 232 pounds, runs in the four fives, can cover sideline to sideline, and is a willing guy to go after the opposing running back. Yeah. Devondre Campbell's the difference maker right now. And for him to be able to give this contribution after being here for basically three OTA practices at the end of the offseason program, right? unbelievable what he's been able to add to this defense. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, I believe it was, I believe it was a one-on-one -on -one interview that he did within the last couple of weeks with Larry McCarron. And there was a line from Campbell that really stood out where he, he basically said, you know, where I've been before, I've always been the Robin to somebody's Batman. Yeah. You know, and well, this guy is Batman on yeah. this Packers defense. I mean, he is in the middle of everything. He's wearing the communication helmet. He is, um, 
he is making plays against the run and the pass on a regular basis. He's just a presence in the middle of the field every time he is out there. And he did leave the game in Cincinnati briefly. Fortunately, then yep. was able to come back, and it was not a it was not a game ending injury. Um, you can't you can't help but be impressed. I mean, the whole for for as much as the salary cap crunch, you know, had an impact on the Packers and how they were putting together their roster. This is one of the benefits of it because because this guy couldn't get the type of contract he was looking for. He waits until the middle of June, and the the Packers are the one out there making him an offer. So he takes it and comes in, and he's he's completely changed the landscape of how this defense looks. Now, the way thing the way things unfolded, the 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 play at the end of the first half was extremely unfortunate. There was a big miscommunication on defense with regard to the front and the pass yeah. rush. And even with all that, Darnell Savage still made an incredibly athletic play to where he was in position to bat that pass down and, and, and prevent, uh, prevent that disaster from happening. But the Bengals get the 70-yard touchdown. Other, th- other than that one play, the, the defense did exactly what it needed to in this game, Wes, in terms of preventing the explosive plays. I yeah. had talked about that last week with this Bengals offense. Don't let them get the big chunks of yardage. And the Packers didn't. The Packers didn't allow that. Eric Stokes had a really solid game. Kevin King played a solid game until he went out with an injury. Apparently, was was playing with one arm essentially for a while due to a shoulder injury, according to Matt Lafleur. You know, we mentioned Campbell, the rot- the rot- the the rotating players on the defensive front. But then it's if this defense st- starts getting a stop, even just one red zone stop a game, if you can if you can get to that point. Everything is gonna is is gonna it's gonna take another step and yeah. things are gonna start to look different. This defense hasn't had any red zone stops yet this year. That's what they have to work on because if you're not gonna give up the explosive plays, you know that whole bend but don't but don't break kind of thing. You start forcing field goals at the 15 yard line, at yep. the eight yard line. Everything everything else statistically statistically with the defense starts to come around. That's the last the last piece in my mind that they need to put together other than obviously getting healthy and hopefully getting some of these guys back. Yeah, it's such a cat-and-mouse game because you don't want to be blitzing in those situations a lot once you get into the inside the 20 because you want to have your full complement of safeties, cornerbacks, and obviously linebackers to be able to cover the space because you're covering less field. So you're able to kind of be able to you know, manage that space, but you have to be able to find ways to get pressure. Uh, this game, yeah, just some underneath passes that kind of burnt them, and then they were able to get in some really advantageous goal-to-goal situations inside the five. Have to find answers for that. But to get back to the, the play to chase, obviously there was some, some miscommunication there up front. Guys pretty much, other than Kenny Clark, it looked like everybody just started spying Burrow. Like it wasn't like guys pulled off. Yeah. But I, I said this too when Savage came down and made that tackle on Burrow. That ended up being able to force a, you know, a punt, I believe, or was that on fourth down? No, that was yeah, that, that was, was on third. That was on third down, yeah. Whatever it was, yeah. The way he's playing with his speed this season is what is impressing me the most. Mike Darnell Savage was the highest drafted defensive back in 2019, not the highest drafted safety, highest drafted defensive back. Right. This is a guy that climbed the poles climbed the rankings in the pre-draft process after he ran a 4-3-6 at the combine. Yeah. 4-3-6 at the safety position with the way that he has ability to hit and to play the ball, that's golden. And he said it after the game. Those type of plays are going to end up being interceptions for him. 
as he learns, as he develops. He's going to want that one back. But the fact that he even got close to making that play yeah. on what was really a broken play for the defense. Yeah, incredibly athletic play by him. Incredibly athletic play, and Chase you know, is just a different type of receiver, as we know. So you have to live and learn. Overall, those are going to be kind of the freak plays that are going to happen every once in a while. You just have to find a way to manage it's the red zone defense that if the Packers can clamp that down, if they can get their gold zone packages going, that's really the last piece, I think. Otherwise, yeah, they've they're... overcome the injuries. They found ways to take away the ball. This was the fourth straight game the Packers generated takeaway defensively. First time that's happened since 2017. Yeah, speaking of safeties, heck of an interception by Adrian yeah. Amos there on the opening drive of the third quarter when, because of the touchdown late in the second quarter, the Bengals had a chance to yes. take the lead. Amos takes it away with a great pick. And then, you know, Devondre Campbell doing his job in the overtime to be able to get that interception, in which a lot of cases that's the end of the ball game there. The defense is doing what they have to do, and the hope is you stem this tide. You're able to maybe get back Jair here in a couple weeks, knock on wood, depending on how things heal with the shoulder. This is, this is a huge stretch for them. And those safeties, Mike, Amos and Savage, they're pivotal right now. Yeah. Because if you're going to end up, you know, we'll see what happens with Kevin King. you got to go at least two more games without Jair Alexander, possibly more. Those safeties, man, are going to really be the catalyst here for the secondary if they got to go without their two big guys. Yeah, no question about it. Well, it is Packers-Bears week. It will be first place in the NFC North on the line, and we will definitely get to all of that in our next episode. But we do have to go. We'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team. We've got everything for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.